Do you want to find solutions that help teams make better decisions, solve problems faster and free their creative minds to come up with smarter solutions? There's a workshop for that. Bonjour, I'm Nati Ravez and I'm delighted to welcome to this show facilitators and experts who share their knowledge and experience of everything you need to know in the world of facilitation, giving you tips and tools for leading groups, sparking collaboration and driving innovation. Thank you for tuning in and let's go. At what age are we most creative? What do you think? I remember when I was a child tinkering all day with my brothers and sisters, building huts out of blankets, inventing imaginary worlds where anything is possible. My guest today is Buzz Wormerdam and the founder of Consulting Kids. He relies on this childlike creativity to solve the challenges facing organizations. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome him today. Let's go. Hello, Buzz. Hi, Nati. Nice to speak to you. And great to be here. We met a few days ago, actually. It was yep. a very spontaneous action. And I found your project so amazing that I thought, yeah, we need to make a podcast. So you are Baz Warmerdam from the Netherlands, founder of Consulting Kids. Since 2014. That's correct. I, I thought it was a new project, but actually, no, it's a 10 years project almost. Yes, correct. This project is amazing because you are working with companies and you're working with kids. And so you bring refreshing solutions for organizational and social issues based on the inspirational ideas of children. And... Um, As we talked last time, you were so enthusiastic about what you are doing. So I thought, okay, we will spread it to the world. So Bez, tell me a little bit about you, your background. What was your journey? Yes, yes, thank you. Well, my journey, I, I started uh, university. I got a degree in uh, biopharmaceutical sciences. So it's got something to do with medicine development. And I started my working career as a strategy consultant, which I always explain a bit like somebody had a problem we pretended we knew how to solve it so we flew everywhere which was really really <laughs> fun uh, so I did that for about 10 years uh, but I came across the cool idea that kids have a really nice view on things and they think differently and that was a trigger to see if we could use that other way of thinking or that creative spark that kids have we could utilize that to solve complex issues I was working on as a strategy consultant. And that was basically the, the starting point for the concept of, uh, of consulting kids. And uh, yeah, I've been doing that now for about 10 years and I still love it every day. So, Can, can you tell me the first project you had? <laughs> yeah, that, uh, the, the first project, because then we sort of had to figure out how to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first project was uh, about how you had to reorganize a, a governmental organization here in the Netherlands so that they can make the best policies for the people who live in that municipality. Mm -hmm. which is a really childish-like story, <laughs> mm -hmm. question. Uh, so the first thing we had to do, and that's still the way we work, is to really understand what is going on. So what type of ambitions are there? What type of dilemmas? Uh, no matter the complexity. So somebody ran us through that. 
And then in a second step, we translated that to something that kids can relate to. So we basically wrote a, some sort of fairy tale with all the complex dynamics in there, but in a way that kids can relate to it. And the funny thing is then suddenly clients understand it better as well, which I always find a very fun side <laughs> effect. Uh, and then we took over a classroom and, uh, and I told them the story. And that was really... Well, I was a bit nervous because I wanted to check if they actually understood it. And to be honest, the first time, I think about 50% of kids understood it. And the other half was like watching outside. Is it what is this strange guy doing here? <laughs> How old were they? Uh, they were between nine and 10 years old. Okay. Uh, but it was a really, really fun, uh, fun way of working. The kids really loved it. But then I ended the session. I had this big pile of ideas of kids. And when I came up with this concept, I thought, this is it. So I hand this over to my customer and then I'm finished and, that's and, and yeah. they can do stuff with it. But th that's not the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> what didn't work? Well, what I noticed uh, is it, it requires uh, also that you translate the ideas of kids back into the uh, adult context again. So in the context of the organization. Mm -hmm. So they need help with that. And uh, and it only took me one project to figure that out. And uh, and we are still working in that way up until now. So the key things are the two type of, types of translation you make. So from complexity to something kids can relate to. And then if you have these cool ideas of kids, then translate it back into something that organizations can work with. Mm -hmm. You have translated back to the organization. What happened then in the organization? Are you working with them with workshops or follow-up or whatever to see how to implement some of the ideas that the kids developed? Yeah, we have, we have different phases for that. So in our uh, fourth step of, of the, the methodology we used, then we translate the ideas of the kids back to, let's say, 15 to 20 different types of advices. And then in our final step, we set up a workshop with the people of the organizations and we run them through the ideas of the kids uh, and the translations we made. And the fun thing is these people have already been to the classroom, so they've experienced firsthand what the kids came up with, asked questions to them, etc. But in that final workshop, uh, we present these ideas and then with the people in the organization, we make them better. Uh, in a way that they actually can be implemented. And then the organization chooses two or three uh, to actually start and take action on, uh, and they start working on that. And then in the complete end, they go back to the classroom and explain to the kids, okay, this is what we've done with it. These ideas were liked because of this and this and this, and these we didn't like because of this and this and this. Uh, and then the circle is, uh, is complete. And then a second phase could be that organizations start to work on those advisors, They run into a couple of things, and then we can go back to the kids again. Said, so, you know, this was the idea. We we started implementing, but we're running into these problems. Can you help us again solve those problems? And then you get this iterative process together with kids in classes to also get it into action and get it implemented. Wow, this is very interesting. How are thinking kids differently than adults? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, And I don't have a straightforward answer to it. Uh, but what I notice from practice is, one is they question things we don't question anymore, mm -hmm. which is really fun. And it could be really basic questions. Or they come up with a question which is not even related to the topic in our view. 
but they need it to get up with to come up with cool ideas and the second thing is um they they have a go at it for the solution so they're they're unbiased and they will come up with solutions anyway they're not hold back with it's not possible or it's too to uh, cost too much money or whatever so they have this really broad range of ideas and they're not afraid to mention it uh, how weird or crazy we as adults think it is do you help them to ask questions is there a structure you follow with the kids it's a uh, uh, i have to explain one thing which i haven't mentioned yet so one side of of consulting is hel is helping clients mm -hmm. and the other side is i really love to teach kids problem solving skills uh, and that's that's what we're providing in the classroom when we're working with the kids so the structure uh, when we work with the kids is is based on learning those skills so skills we teach them is ask questions before you start solving so that's a big part of the of the actual way we work with them. Another thing is what we call yes and. So that means if you come up with ideas and somebody else is looking at you and think, well, this guy is crazy. <laughs> what a ridiculous <laughs> idea. You can look like that, but you can't say it. So you have to say yes. And if you add this, then the idea would be brilliant. So you keep on expanding on the ideas. And then a third uh, a skill we're teaching them is to look at the ideas and problems from different perspectives. Uh, so we have really cool ideas about that when we work with the kids, or, uh, uh, cool uh, ways of working. And the fourth one is pick the best ones, but explain me why. So prioritizing and giving arguments for that. And the final thing is we take things from a, a book called Blue Ocean Strategy to come up with unique, cool, new Uh, inventions or to make ideas better and we structured the, the the when we work with the kids we structured it around those five pillars but in basic what it comes down to is we tell them a fairy tale and it ends with the question how should we solve it and if i'm in front of the classroom i always mention you know i'm this really dull 47 year old guy i don't know <laughs> what to do so help me And they start working on it. And I provide them tools to come up with cooler ideas and cooler ideas. And in the meantime, you do all types of energizers and have fun and let them run around and build stuff. So it's a crazy, uh, crazy day. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's amazing. How is the feedback from the teachers? It's uh, brilliant. So <laughs> most of the times what I get back is it's really cool that they're asked Uh, about these type of problems and come up with solutions because this way of teaching or this way of asking is not something which is typical in classrooms, at least not in the most where I come because they teach math or they teach uh, language or stuff like that. But now it's asked, this is it, what should we do? And there's no correct answer. And the second thing is teachers really love the fact that they see other kids uh, come to bloom. So suddenly it's not the smart guys who can do calculus really good uh, mm -hmm. but suddenly it's the creative kids who stand up and come up with i don't know 10 20 100 ideas and then s all in a sudden they're asked about things they haven't been asked about before and you see the energy increasing i think it's very nice it's good the kids which are maybe not as good and some learning stuff that we all have to go through to recognize that they actually are good in other things, in the creativity and problem solving. And I think it's a good thing also because you are teaching the teacher. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and maybe cool to mention also is we, we provide that classroom with those skills to work on problems, uh, on that problem of, of a company or an organization. But once we're finished, uh, they can keep working with those skills on their own problems. If there's a problem in the classroom or uh, they have to do something for the school, you can run through the same cycle, but then they can do it on their own. And uh that's also a big passion of mine. I really love the fact that we can teach more kids this because to be honest, these are all skills I would have liked to have known when I was mm-hmm. 10 years old and not when I'm 47. Mm-hmm. And, and why kids who don't do it with universities, for example? Uh, we do that as well, uh, but about 90 to 95% of the projects we do, uh, we do it with primary school kids, so age between nine and 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we sometimes also work with kids in the age range of 13 to 18 and even 18 plus. So that's university and uh, what becomes before uh, before that. But always in combination with uh, kids in the age range of nine to 12, because we notice that's where the real magic happens. Yeah. But you can elaborate on that with students, but build on that. Just that I have a context. Um, how do you choose the school or how do you reach out to the schools? Or is it a, a concept in Netherlands that is so known that every school would like to be part of? I, I would like to say yes to that last <laughs> part. But that's not the case. <laughs> but that's okay, how, that's, so now, yeah. after this podcast, we will spread it. <laughs> yeah, people, wake up. <laughs> And why stop in the Netherlands? But but let me get back to your question. Um, the, the best way to explain it, if, if we're working for an organization, they always have a region on where they work. So it mm-hmm. could be in a city or even a country. Um, and based on that, we... we big schools and uh, it's not that we have a preference for certain schools we're looking for diversity so mm-hmm. uh, in a regular project we work with uh, about three to five different classes different schools and we like to be that di- as diverse as possible so in different regions with different social backgrounds with difference whatever and we just call them and we just call us okay this is what we do we provide uh, free problem solving skills and you help solve a, a, a real issue that adults can solve, uh, are you willing to participate? And then nine out of 10 schools are, are willing to do that. And that's mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, is, this should be integrated in their program. That would yeah. be nice. If you don't want to miss the release of future episodes, press the subscribe button on your podcast app and don't hesitate to send us your questions or comments, which I'll be sure to answer at podcast at laworkshoppers.com. I also invite you to sign up for our newsletter called La Workshoppers Gazette to receive valuable resources on facilitation, upcoming events, podcast guests and services offered by La Workshoppers team. Can you tell me who are the companies? Who are yep. the companies you've been working with and um, which kind of problems have you solved with them? It's a vast range of type of organizations. We work for a lot of organizations in the Netherlands who are related to the government. Mm-hmm. So cities or provinces or uh, even uh, the, the country uh, uh, government or- organizations. But we also work, for instance, for Heathrow or Toyota or big banks or hotel chains. The funny thing is, there's no limit to it. So there's no organization who doesn't have a problem, and and that's our starting point. So then we <laughs> just need to have, yeah, we just need to have the, the the cool access to the organization, which is 
a, a cool person who understands this is a new way to do things and is open to say to go for it and uh, yeah uh, but to, to give you an example of types of questions so for a bank we translated their uh, headquarters strategy to something which they can use in an operational way in the different regions. We help organizations who have nine different locations how to set up their governance, which was really fun because you have these managers sitting there and they say, okay, can you help us uh, set up the governance for our cooperation? I says, of course, but can somebody explain to me what governance is? Because if something is weird, it, <laughs> it's that. So explain yeah. it to me. And the fun thing is I'm allowed to ask that because I have to translate it to something that a 10-year-old can relate to. So a lot of our assignments are related to working together. So for instance, learning within organizations or process optimization or uh, strategic issues. Uh, and the starting point are our top, the top five issue in the organization, no matter complexity. So forget the fact that we work with kids, but what are your top five issues? And we'll pick one or two of them and we'll solve them for you. This is nice, but I, I am just wondering when companies... They call you as a consultant or they call you and this is the surprise behind or because I cannot really imagine I've been working in corporates. If I would go to my boss and say, hey, I'm working with kids who are solving your problems. I'm not sure if they, if they would take me seriously. So <laughs> how did you make it that companies are reaching out to you? It's a, a lot of the times it's it's the network. Um, so you're, you're right. Not a lot of companies have a really big strategic issue and then the, either they work with us or they work with McKinsey. That's that's not the case. You know, yeah. that's, that's not the choice they have to make. Um, but we uh, are getting more known and known within organizations. And then mm -hmm. once upon a time, there's this guy who already knows us or they heard about us and say, okay, we've done it uh, 10 times like this, why not try it in a different way? Yeah, and and suddenly we're in the picture. And I, it only takes me 30 minutes to explain this to somebody. And then it's either a yes or a no, or both are fine. Uh, but you have these people in the organization who really relate to this, and then we go for it. Oh, very nice. And what is one of the most surprising things? Maybe you have some, some really clear examples that that you um, saw by working with the kids? Maybe there are one child who, who surprised you with something yep. different? Well, there are, we, we, at the moment we work with about 12,000 kids all over the world. So there wow. are, there, there are uh, a lot of kids who mention intriguing things. But uh, one, one of the things which I can explain fairly quickly, is we, we worked for um, uh, the Dutch railways and mm -hmm. they had to spend a couple of billion dollars for new uh, trains. And the question they asked us was, okay, what should be in the train so people would still would like to go with the train in 30 years' time? Uh, and when we work with that with kids, uh, one, one nine-year-old girl mentioned something which I, I totally forgot about, which is uh, there are a lot of people in the train which is really basic, but that was something which I didn't pick up anymore. And the second thing is uh, her friend, which was sitting next to her, then linked that to, okay, if there are a lot of people in the train, there are probably also a lot of smart people in the train. And that's really fun because if you 
if you hang across a, a country and you look down and you see all these trains uh, going by, uh, there's all there's knowledge in there. There are smart people in there. So how cool would it be if you can drop questions in there and people can work on that while they're commuting from A to B? And you're creating a crowd thinking concept in public transportation. And the fun thing is we have interest from a, a, a big airport at the moment who wants to implement this uh, when you're waiting for your next flight. Mm-hmm. And and the, the nice thing is it's just triggered by two remarks from kids. A, a lot of people in the train, also a lot of smart people. And then you start translating that back to a concept which can actually work. And I still love the, this, this idea. Uh, and maybe another angle I would like to stress because w- – once I started with consulting kids, the idea would, would be, okay, kids trigger you to these kinds of innovative solutions. And they do. But the second thing is, which I didn't think about, is there's a change management angle to it as well. Because we present weird stuff <laughs> uh, to managers within an organization. But they're, they're open for it. You know, they open up to the ideas of the kids. They have been in the classroom and suddenly advice has become okay to actually implement. And you see if, for instance, if you have two teams which don't cooperate very well and you take members of them to the classroom and you have kids think about their problem, suddenly they start talking to each other again. Because how can you be against what a 10-year-old says? So, so that's a really, really cool angle. And I, I never thought about that when I uh, came up with the concept. But yeah, it's, it's uh, golden that that's an d- additional uh, uh, feature. Yeah, I think it, I would love to hear some uh, response or feedback from kids about conflict resolution, for example. Yeah. There are yeah. two departments, they are not talking to each other. So I can imagine the response. Oh, yeah. But they have to sit at the same table and eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, we... chocolate ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for it. But but, but uh, to give you another a quick example, is we we did an um, uh, an assignment for an airport in the Netherlands, and the, the main question was, should they expand or not? And if they expand, then noise increases and. People have to start building things, etc. Um, so it's it was really uh, people had strong feelings about that, and and we did, we worked on that with kids surrounding that airport. And then one evening uh, we presented the results that the kids came came up with with our translations back. But that was the third workshop on that evening. Uh, before that, you had these science guys explaining uh, things about gases, and so people came into our workshop with red hats heated up, uh, basically wanted to fight with each other. Uh, and, and what I said is, okay, we asked the same question to kids. And what they came up with is this and this and this. And then the temperature started to grease, decrease. They started talking to each other again, and they started opening up again. And that was that was magic. It's like, It was really cool that suddenly, because you approach it from a different angle and with uh, non uh, yeah, how do you say that? I'm not really sure what the English term is. But yeah, no judgment. Yeah, no judgment. And, yeah. and it doesn't matter if adults like it or not. So there's no conflict there. And and suddenly they're open for it. And then communication starts again. And that's key. Yeah, It's like a psychologist, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another concept. <laughs> small, small psychologists. Yeah, yeah they are the, the mediator, so to say. 
the mediator between people. I really love that project. We had contact to each other because I am in Germany, you are in the Netherlands and you want to, to spread this way of work outside from the Netherlands. Yes, that's correct. It's, uh, our main focus so far has been the Netherlands. Uh, we have worked for a couple of multinationals. So we work with kids in, for instance, India, the UK, uh, Belgium, etc. So that's that's already a cool step forward. But we're expanding our concept now to, or at least we're exploring that to Sweden, Germany and the UK. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we would love to have help for that. Um Because the, the way we work is, uh, let's let's take Germany as an example, and I know we, we've talked about that as well, is if we can find a couple of cool clients uh, within Germany who are open for this to start uh, two, three, four pilots. And the second thing we need is we're looking for cool consult consultancy firms, you know, consultancy firms with, let's say, 20 to 30 consultants not the big guys so we're not looking for bcg or mckinsey but the the cool consultants <laughs> <laughs> the other ones <laughs> the other ones yeah the nice ones and uh, <laughs> and uh yeah and and we can we can work with consulting kids as a label for those consultancy firms we do the same in the netherlands so we're we're linked to a big consultancy firm here in the netherlands uh we did that on purpose because it provides access to the market we can scale it etc Uh, and we, we want to do the same in other countries. And then we can do the translations here in the Netherlands, but we'll have the people on the ground there. So if I can drop a question, anybody who knows, who has cool contacts for clients or who has cool contacts for those fun consultancy people, uh, please uh, send me a message. I hope that someone will reach out to you because I think this is really a nice thing to do. I think also that um, if... A bunch of facilitators, which are maybe not a consultancy, but facilitators who could learn this concept with you, through you. It would be also a good, a good thing because they are also here to solve problems with yep. creativity. So this is an appeal to all the facilitators in Sweden, Germany and the UK. You will get all the contact information from Baz in the show notes. And um, yeah, thank you so much, Baz. Thank you for telling my story here. And I'm really, really looking forward to the reactions. Even if people, even when people think this is really crazy, just, just send it. <laughs> That's fine. No, you, you don't want to know what, we get, we, what type of uh, uh, feedback we get in the classes. So we're used to anything. <laughs> yeah, I would love to be part of it. We're, we're just going to do it. <laughs> yeah, or we will do it also in Asia. That would be nice. It would be interesting to see how, how kids in another country and uh, companies in another country at the other end of the earth are reacting. Yeah, no, and, and maybe uh, adding to that, it's mixing those cultures. So if you, mm -hmm. what I mentioned, we work for a multinational, and then if you include kids in the Netherlands, in India and the UK, that's, that's three different perspectives. And uh, we are going to do that with Asia, but uh, let's talk about that offline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bye, Bess, and thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm always amazed and impressed by people who dare to come up with such ingenious concepts, looking for the essence of creativity in the youngest among us. If you're interested in joining Bess on this adventure, get in touch All the details are in the show notes. 
in a fortnight time, we'll be welcoming Penny Blackmore, who I loved listening to on the Happy Hour podcast with her friend Brittany Bowering. She'll be sharing with us how to get excited by sales calls. Is that even possible? <laughs> Stay tuned to learn about it. Until then, I wish you good health, success and lots of happiness. Au revoir.